Shalom from Jerusalem and welcome back to the current podcast. With the beginning of the month of Adar, Adar Sheni, we are adding happiness. And on this week's episode, we were delighted to be joined by Maya Kay, director, producer, motivational speaker, all-rounder, exciting person, and who joined us for an interview and a really interesting discussion about happiness. I was really excited to talk to Mayor Kay. I've been a massive Mayor Kay fan for a very long time. I love his videos. My kids love his videos. My wife loves his videos. They're really, really fantastic. If you're not familiar with who Mayor Kay is, definitely look him up on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, he is fantastic. Um, he was such a wonderful guest. Uh, we had a really great conversation with him about what it means to be happy. Very appropriate for the time of year. Um, before we jump into our episode, um, we have a very exciting announcement. You have a chance to win a full set of the Noe edition, Karen Talmud Bavli. Um, check out our Instagram uh, for how to enter. Um, but that is something really exciting. Um, another fun thing for the month of Adar and for Purim. Um, so without further ado, here is a really great episode, really exciting episode with Mayor Kay. We are incredibly excited to welcome our guest this week, Mayor Kay, um, who is going to tell us all about himself uh, and, and what he does. So I'm not going to put any words in his mouth. Um, so for any of our listeners who don't yet know Mayor Kay, Mayor Kay, who are you? What do you do? Oh, man. Well, first off, I want to say it's great to be here. What an exciting, uh, exciting way to spend the day with you guys. And uh, it's an honor to be to be invited to be part of your podcast. So thank you so much for that. Who is Mayor K, man? Hineni. Um, where am I? Who am I? I'm a, I'm a seeker of truth and light. I'm a lamplighter. I'm a, meaning that I, uh, I like to go out and I'm a creative guy as well. So I like to spread positivity, spread lightness, spread joy and purpose through my creative outlets. Um, I'm a filmmaker by trade is a passion of mine, but it's, it's interesting to see the, the journey of life has allow me to share light and love through not just films, which I've gone viral and built myself a beautiful online community of millions of people, but also through my podcast, through a children's book about optimism um, and through various forms of creativity, all, all with the focus of spreading positivity, spreading happiness and bringing people closer together and to themselves. So, I mean, as you mentioned, and as your Facebook bio says, you're Mayor Kay and you're spreading that happiness and positivity. You said, what was it that, you know, what does that mean? And what, what made you decide to do that? What made me decide to spread positivity and joy? Um, I think it goes deep down into like my essence. You know, it says our, our names are a reflection of who we are. My name is Mayor. In Hebrew, it means to illuminate. And so I think that's always something that I'm like living up to and trying to live up to my name. Growing up in a house and a community where the mindset is um, is all about love and spreading that love. I grew up Chabad and the leadership of the, the Baba Rebbe was all about full-on acceptance, uh, joy, simcha, simcha breaking all barriers, um, so that just growing up with all that, all that type of like ideology and like mindset really permeated the being of that I am, um, as well as I know what it means to be in like, you know, sad or dark places. I know what it means to like, you know, be alone or to go through depression. So I want to be able to like let people know that, hey, you know, you're not alone, but also like there's so many great ways for you to tap into your inner simple, your inner happiness. It's it, how to, I, I, I love to facilitate opportunities for people to be able to do that with themselves or with others to challenge people's ideas of what it means to, 
to, to, to function on this earth, to expound our minds and our ideas of this, not to our limiting beliefs of who we are, but to realize that there's so much power when we step out of our comfort zones, when we greet each other with a smile, when we, uh, and then not necessarily also doesn't have to be from Jew to Jew, but also it's from man, man to man, humankind. We're all children of, of, of Hashem's creations. And so, um, I like to push that envelope a bit and to, uh, and to spread the light to, to all people. I mean, you said before that like filmmaking is, is a passion of yours, but you're, you're a filmmaker by trade. So you, like, as in, you know, when, when, when you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. Um, so uh, what made you decide to bring that optimism and positivity and spreading the joy specifically to, to the internet? I mean, again, it, it, it did it happen organically? Was it something, an active choice? And did you yeah. ever imagine it would, ha- when you set out, did you imagine it would have such a huge impact not just within the Jewish world, but beyond as well? Or did it sort of all just come one after the other sort of out of your control? Yeah, I mean, life is always out of my control, um, but it's uh, all in the hands of God right now that I'm recognizing that. But it's been a beautiful, it was a beautiful timing because while I was like, while I'm, I was coming up in the sense of like, learning about myself, learning that I love filmmaking. Also, you know, the world was shifting towards a place of social media. YouTube you know, was, just came out a couple of years beforehand. This is before there was ads and subscriptions. Like it was just like a platform people shared video content. So this was a way for me to share the content that I was creating because here I was a young man um, out in Israel. Or I was in Singapore doing shluchas and like I wanted to be able to um, share what I was up to to my friends and family back at home in the U.S. So my, like one of my first videos was a video I created for my sister's boss mitzvah. Uh, so I went around Israel, Ben Yehuda, jumping around, hey, say miles for Dubby, and I cut it together and like posted on YouTube so I could share the link to my friends and family. So like it was just like the way to share content on the internet. Now, as time grew on and as time passed and like YouTube started to grow and I started to see the power of this tool and this platform, I started to create more content for for YouTube or for like the public. Um, I was always drawn to the public. I always feel like I had like a, 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 a soul that connected to many, just through my life experiences and just the way I connect with people. I have a very, thank God, a beautiful gift to be able to connect with all people from all different backgrounds and feel comfortable in, in those types of settings. So I, I, I wanted to tap into the universal messages that all people could create. We all know what it means to, to smile and to laugh and to be sad and to connect, and to feel part of a community. So these are just all ideas and concepts that I took and then brought down into a very simplistic way through the videos that I created. And, uh, and so, so lo and behold, a couple of those videos went viral and that sort of spiraled into bigger, you know, just more and more people seeing what I was up to and sort of perpetuated into this, um, fantastic, uh, place that I find myself today. I just want to pick up on, like you said, you have this like innate ability to connect to people with all different backgrounds. And I think one, one of the videos, one of the first ones that I was aware of that sort of really went viral of yours um, was the, I think it was the Super Soul party um, a couple of years ago. Like the, it was like a, a super, basically a Super Bowl viewing party for people in need, people, like homeless people um, out in, in New York. Um, and was that sort of like reaching, I don't want to say reaching out, like out to the non-Jewish community, but sort of reaching, you know, going out, stepping out of the Jewish community and, and sort of trying to reach out and, and, just do good to anyone who needs and, and looking beyond, you know, looking outwards rather than just inwards. Um, was that like an active decision? Was that because you saw like a, a deep need or was that, you know, just an idea for a video you had and it happened to have such a massive and incredible impact? 
Yeah, well, in that video, I mean, there was many, many videos beforehand that I, I that I focused on people who are experiencing homelessness um, or projects that were focused on people in need in that way. That happens to be a video that went viral and brought a lot more attention, which, you know, footnote turned into a nonprofit that I started as well as it's official nonprofit, which this actually last week we raised over two hundred thousand uh, dollars through a charity campaign. So we're able to now bring this nonprofit to every state in America. So uh-huh. God willing, we're going to be having super soul parties. We call them super soul, super ball, super soul right. parties. And we bring that to every state in America. So just FYI, people out who are listening or find themselves in the States and want to get involved, please reach out to me. Um, but that being said, yeah, that was that was me seeing a need. It wasn't focused on, are they Jewish or not? It was like, oh, I see someone here who's in need. I saw a sign that said, I don't want food. I don't want to drink. I just want to be seen. And that just hit a core human human connection. And so um, all that, what they believe in and what they believe in, how they believe, maybe they don't believe at all, was put to the side and just focus on what was in front of me with person. And, uh, and that sort of turned into a conversation that allowed me to go ahead and invite people who are experiencing homelessness to a Super Bowl party. And then that just spiraled into the ability to empower other people throughout the state to go ahead and create their own events. So it's just amazing what happens when you open yourself up to the universe and you just sort of say, okay, where is it? Hashem put me here right now to see this thing. Okay. Do I want to just like, you know, turn a blind because uncomfortable, right? I mean, even for a guy like me, it's still uncomfortable to step out of my comfort zone to sit with somebody who's experiencing homelessness and like it's it's uncomfortable because you know relatability, what's going on? Are they going to bite me? Like who knows, right? We have all these fear like mindsets, but once we step out of fear and come from a place of love, and um, all those things shift away, and we're able to really open up ourselves to a new experience and to be able to step into a place of power and giving and love and 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 the new purpose of joy because true happiness comes when we give of ourselves. So the more we give, the more we get back. And that's right. where happiness lies. So I think, I mean, obviously we're going to explore that point in terms of like what happiness is a bit further, but I just want to ask you, I guess, looking back on your life, your background, your upbringing in terms of coming from the world of Chabad, like what, what was being a part of that community, the teaching of the Rebbe, how did that form this that approach that you have in terms of connecting with people, spreading that light? question. I mean, the Rebbe was all about us being uh, lamplighters. You know, the, the idea of a lamplighter is someone, you know, it was a job for a person who back in the shetel times, back in like Russia, let's say, where there was no electricity, this one person would go with a long staff when night was coming and he would go and light the lamps along the road. And the idea is brought down that each and every one of us are a lamplighter. Each of every one of us has a spark and has the ability to ignite the spark in our fellow. So the rabbit was all about empowering people to be a leader of leaders. The rabbit didn't say, hey, follow me, follow everything I say, and you're just a bunch of followers. No, 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 no. The rabbit was like, I am a leader of leaders. I want to empower you to go out into the world, bring your spark, bring your energy. He was a big Big, big believer that on everybody's, you know, everybody's birthday is God's way of saying that you matter. There's a reason why you are here. There's a reason why you exist, that no other energy existed before you came here. And the world cannot continue on without your energy being in this world. So to, to empower us to realize how special we are and to go out and share our gifts with the world. So growing up with that idea, that, that mindset and being taught like, whoa, you know, I can. I could change the world, me, just me. And that's just you because you are God. You have a piece of God within you. And by us creating, you know, just like God created with his mouth. And so too, when we create with our, with our being, with, with our words, we go and we take action. Um, we are our partnership and creation. Uh, so that's, it's really special. I heard this, I heard this um, quote that says, doubting yourself is doubting your creator. When we, you know, the Yitzhahara, the evil condition says, you can't do that, limiting beliefs. When we doubt ourselves, we're not giving justice to, the, to, to God 
you know, the, the old purpose energy that created us, you know, then why else, why else are we here? So I'm just, I know something that I, I'm just perhaps projecting, but also sharing that I myself with the different successes that I've had, have had a lot of imposter syndrome and doubts along the way. Like, who am I to go ahead and do this? And is this right? Is this wrong? Should I be doing this way? It's like, no, that's all that's doubt is evil. Doubt is just us stopping ourselves. And the opposite of doubt is just is action, taking action. One action leads to the next action. I may not know exactly what will happen in five years from now. Everybody talks about a five-year plan. Heck, I don't know what I'm doing next week. But I know what I could do right now in this very moment. And if that's someone in front of me needs a smile. If, if I have an idea, if I have a passion towards something, I think that's the way Hashem, God communicates to me to like, hey, do more of this. You know, when we, and so that's what I'm just trying to do. I'm just trying to focus and just like follow that, follow those messages. So, I mean, I guess for me personally, one of the ways that, uh, that I, I guess found out about you and your work is that, uh, well, you, you know, you've directed and produced some amazing music videos, including yeah. arguably, what's your, argu- what's your favorite? Well, I'd say arguably the greatest Jewish music video of the 21st century is Macha Bracha by Shmuel Younger. Wow. I'm put it there. No, that's a big, that's a big, that's a big, <laughs> that's a big ask because I mean, some will say Ibrahim Echi was, I know, you know, I know. So, I know. Yeah, <laughs> Bracha fan. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to stand by it and I will, I will <laughs> if Benny Freeman wants to call me up, I'm happy to speak about it as well. But <laughs> I mean, I think putting Shmuel Younger's face on a can of Quaker Oats, I think it's just a genius move yeah so, move. yeah there's a lot there's a lot of back and forth a lot of back and forth <laughs> in Bracha behind the scenes uh but thankfully they they went ahead with my ideas and i think the success of it uh you know it, uh, they did the right move so i wanted to ask about in terms of i guess just particularly i guess jewish music i mean also sure. thinking about like the evolution of jewish music which you're involved in as well like how's that you know these music videos how's that a part of kind of your mission and kind of what you feel is like your raison d'etre you know, it's, it's on, on two folds. There was like the professional filmmaker point where I'm like, hey, guys, you know, Jewish world, it's time to step up our quality of vi- music videos. Like, it's awesome. It's beautiful. Like the piano by the by the lake, you know, or like on top of a mountain. Like, it's nice. And again, it's also cheap to create. But I was trying to push the envelope of creativity and like budget. And it's like, guys, this is worth it. This is an investment. You know, the video, this is a day and age where like your business card is the video that you put out there, your music video. And it's shown that way. The successes of these singers, I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't take full credit. Like they've been, they're they're growing, they have their own big brands, but I do believe that the success of these music videos have, you know, brought them to a new level of stardom or a new level of ability to be able to charge more for their own productions or, or, or concerts and whatnot. So like that's, that was like, hey guys, let's step up our quality in video production. And thank God we see a lot more of that happening today. And it's great. Um, but also um, these are videos that, and the ways I like to bring out these videos are with color, with excitement. Don't get me wrong. I've created content and music videos that are a bit more seldom and more serious, but I am drawn more naturally to the colorful dancing vibe. And, um, and I, again, because I believe that through that type of simcha and through that type of energy, there's no limitations. You know, you could really go ahead and like, and it's um, and in the same breath, I, I, I know I'm dancing back and forth. There is a certain importance to be able to be sad and sit with your feelings and go through it. And also it's like, hey, not to stay there. Like if there's a period of that, of course, as we all know, but then like, boom, step up, let's go. Let's spread that, let's spread that joy, let's spread that positivity. And so through those videos, like I, I was, my mindset was to like, to bring in that, to really the music there is a great bedrock to grow on, but then also to like, how do we visually make this exciting and fun for kids and kids at heart, adults as well, to be able to enjoy visually this experience. Yeah, I mean, I think I, def- I definitely say that 
Machabracha and probably Ivrianochi got myself and my kids through the first lockdown. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we After go. Two. I'm naturally the virtually ba- the virtual babysitter. You know, when parents yeah. say, you don't need a break, <laughs> just throw us a mayor K, let's go. You know? <laughs> I mean, I don't agree because then we might owe you some money for all the babysitting you've done. But, uh, <laughs> and the other question is, what's what's your favorite onesie? Which is your favorite uh, jumpsuit that you've worn in all the videos? Is it the Minion? Is it the Batman yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> ooh, man. You know what? That's a great question. I mean, ooh, ah, ooh, Batman for sure. Love Batman onesie. That's been through thick and thin for me. That's like my go-to. I do love... I have a tuxedo onesie that got around. The, yeah, the minion is bright and colorful. However, these days now, I've been leaning more into like the um, the overall game. I've been building on my overall game. This <laughs> nice. past Hanukkah has incredible Hanukkah overalls and like getting lots of love. So you know, it's it's all evolution. Right. right. Spreader of joy, lamplighter, film producer, fashionista. America does it all. <laughs> uh, yeah. <what> <laughs> Um, so thinking about not just the music videos, not just, and you, you know, you mentioned the sort of the more serious, the more subdued, um, sort of emotional, I suppose, um, projects you've done, like which, which ones stand out to you as not necessarily favorite. Cause I, you know, favorite might be uh, a bit limiting, but which ones stand out to you as special? Why do they, why do they stand out to you? Why are they so meaningful to you? Overall video productions. Mm, not just video, I would necessarily. say. You, well, I say you touched on a few of them. I mean, the the Super Soul Party, the Super Bowl Party for, the, for people experiencing homelessness is, is close to my heart and really even like shows how it grew out of just, just now it's not even about videos anymore. It's, it's about really this nonprofit and like helping people in those, in those circumstances out of the real world. So like, it's so cool to see even myself when I just like see the evolution in that. Uh, so that's very, but that's very close to my heart when I watched that video, the first one, especially there's a few of those out there now. Um, as well as when we did a uh, the we did a, a homeless makeover where we, we we brought also a man to from who experienced homelessness and we got him some clothing and and food and then we landed him a job and that was a very powerful day too and I mean I have a lot of love to meet my to my one of my first videos throwing a DJ dance party on the subway we brought a DJ and lights and like a whole bouncer and red carpet vibe and we it was awesome we just like threw it down on the New York subway and, and New York subway is a place for those who may not know is there's so many people in this very dense space, but each and every one person is in their own world and they don't connect and they avoid each other's eyes. It's very cold. And so we just broke down those barriers. We threw down a dance party and from young and old and everybody in between, everybody got out of the dance floor and dance. So that was really cool and special. And, but you know, that was, that was awesome to be able to create that. And then there was also this, you know, this video where uh, more recently that went viral, which was uh, the blindfold hugs, where it was in the heat of a lot of the, uh, tension in Israel. And uh, I went out in, uh, and there's a lot of like hate going out towards the Jews, a lot of anti-Semitism, a lot of posts around that. And I think there a lot of, a lot of narrative was around how Jews are this, Jews are that, and, and just like stuff that not necessarily true you know, at all. Uh, so I wanted to, you know, I was trying to figure out the space and how can I step into this without being, you know, I didn't want to come back and say, hey, we're this, we're like defend ourselves. I don't think we have to defend, but I wanted to come in a way that would just like land in a powerful way, in a loving way. And so I sort of took back, put, took back the pen and uh, from what people were writing about us and literally wrote a message about, you know, I'm mayor, I'm a Jew, I stand for peace. How about you? And like, hey, would you, do you stand with me in peace and would you give me a hug? And I did that. I wrote that in New York City. It was, I went back to the places where people, Jews were attacked, stood in those places a few days later and uh, scared, didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, thankfully, it was a beautiful experience. People literally showed up 
from all backgrounds, from all religions, to show that they stand for peace too, and they and they understand the message of what a Jew is all about. And I don't have the monopoly of like being a lamplighter as as the Jew, right? I believe that it's very deep in our core and our essence, how we how we are the responsibility and how we're showed up in this world as a light. As, as a people of peace. Um, and we are here to really just like show up in that manner. And I did that day and, and it came through that, that truth really came through. And I believe it just by the mirror numbers that you see of the video, how viral it went that mm-hmm. it was just people relate to that message. And that was special to be part of. So I guess digging a little deeper in terms of what we've been talking about up until now, looking, focusing in on happiness. What is, what does the word happiness mean to you? Oh, man, happiness. I believe that's a great question. I will look at it two ways. I think happiness is when I, I speak for myself, is when I'm in full in, in, in alignment with what I am doing, in alignment with my soul, with my essence, with my neshama. When I'm in alignment with that and acting on that alignment, uh, I feel true joy and happiness. And well, which also leads me to, to peace. I feel I'm at very, I think happiness is peace, peace of mind, peace of heart, peace of soul. When we're at peace, that's where I believe creativity could blossom, where love could blossom, where like there's no tension. And that I believe it happens when it's sort of coincides when we're doing what we're, you know, when we feel in line with our mission, our purpose. Um, and also when we're just able to pause and just stop and like this, like, connect with ourselves when i say connect with ourselves, connect with our higher selves connect with, with hashem with god um that's when i find myself to happiness i think if you've asked me that five years ago ten years ago i'll be like happiness is when i'm on a roller coaster with six flags or when like i'm skydiving or like but i think those are just you know excited i don't know if that was those are those are fun and exciting things that i enjoy doing but like I, as in that and this answer may change maybe in 10 years from now who knows but for now it's it's when i'm in alignment with my essence and when there's peace in my life yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a good thing that, you know, that your answer now is probably different from what it was five years ago. And I mean, that's just, that's being human. That's growth. As in that the, the answer changes mm-hmm. depending on circumstance. I mean, so I suppose then how, you know, you, you come from Chabad, you come from a, a Hasidic background. Um, so how how do you understand Rabbi Nachman's idea? Uh, you know, it's a mitzvah to be happy. Um, or, you know, if you should serve God with happiness, like, what how do you relate to that how does that sort of fit in with this this understanding of being in alignment with your neshama or is perhaps simcha something different to happiness or are they the same thing are they the two sides of the same coin like what's uh how do you feel about yeah it? i i i think i think i love it i love i love rabbi nachman i love the teachings i love the movement i love the music um, I, I love it all. Um, went to Uman for the first time a couple of years ago. I made a vlog about it. It's on, on YouTube. S- subtle plug right there. But that was also a beautiful, inspira- inspiring experience. Uh, special, powerful. And, uh, and I'm, at, I'm in total agreement with that. I, I, love, I love that. And I, I, I try to live by that. Not always is it perfect. But I, I definitely believe that that is like the, the, uh, the master key to opening up the doors of, of blessing and connection is like when we operate from this place of love, simcha. I, I mean, for me, you know, I think love, simcha is sort of coincidence. It's all together. I think it all breathes one to another. And when we operate from a place of just like love and that, that, that is simcha and that's joy. And that when we come from that place, we're just open. We're open to receive blessings. We're open to give. We're open to hold space for everybody. Um, and I think that's really our relationship with Hashem 
really thrives. You know, I lean more into the love Hashem and love, love God than fear of God. You know, I just, I think and also more and more now, more now than ever before this generation needs to lean more into the love of God and, and to share those messages rather than the fear of God. Um, I think this is, you know, we're, we're a very, very sensitive and delicate generation. And, um, and it's when I say we, I think of myself, I think of the generations coming after me, Gen Z and whatnot, where the neshamas of these kids are so, so high and they're so tapped in and also very, very, very delicate. And the, the ideas of like simple joy, love, are the ones that need to be expressed a whole lot more focus on a lot more than the opposites of like fear judgment and whatnot. And I think that's, there's a lot more breeding, uh, there's a lot more growth, a lot more space to be able to, uh, to connect and to, and to be happy and to have peace and to have alignment when we're coming from a place of love and acceptance. Right. And I, I mean, you mentioned before, um, and I, I, I genuinely couldn't agree more with you. Um, on sort of that point that like this generation and, and moving forward, like we need to lean into that idea of, of love and, and, uh, you know, loving God versus fear and, and, uh, sort of, and finding, a, if not finding a balance, tipping the scale towards, towards love. Um, as you mentioned earlier, and, and this is something that like, I'm very keen to talk to you about and changing the tone slightly. Um, yeah. you're, you're the very, you outwardly, you're the very image of, of happiness and optimism and positivity. Um, and Ariane and I being, you know, two British Jews, um, you know, we're very reserved and we're very <laughs> and dry. Um, but you've also been very open about your struggles with depression. Um, and you mentioned, you know, imposter syndrome and, and just being unsure of yourself. Um, what, I mean, what keeps you going? How, how do you, how do you maintain sort of that, that outward image of pure simcha, pure happiness while also internally struggling, which, I mean, we say like, yeah, obviously everybody struggles and some people struggle more than others. Um, sure. But I, of- yeah, I, it's a good question. And I think it's like, it, you know, it used to be a lot more where it was separate and it was hard to keep the facade open where I was like very, very sad and depressed. And then like, Hey guys, everything's okay. Over time, as I shared more about it and got more vulnerable about it with myself, my family, with the world, um, now that, that, like that is posture syndrome. It doesn't really, doesn't exist anymore. And also I'm a lot more, it's just, it's authentic. How I feel on the inside is how I feel on the outside. And of course I have days, like you mentioned, as human being does have, you know, more exciting days and less more, more like you're going to be sad days. And, but now I don't really shun those ideas. I don't shun like sadness. I don't shun depression as bad or label them, but it's just rather, what is this feeling trying to teach me? What is it trying to tell me right now? Um, as like, actually, I'm going to quote someone like Jim Carrey, who says, a big fan of Jim Carrey. Alrighty then. Um, Jim Carrey, you know, he says, you know, depressed, you know, is like a deep rest. We need a deep rest from the facade in which we're putting ourselves. So usually, so for me, it's like, you know, I needed, I was depressed. I was putting up all these different things and ideas of who I am, what I really am, but really all I really want was the deep rest from those masks and really to be able to show the true essence of who I am. So I literally connected with that, with that message. And, and so it's like a to like, how do I keep on going? Thank God I've gone. I passed, you know, like the 27 club, unfortunately, you know, 20, it's a tough year for many, a lot of the greats, you know, sort of like out of themselves by then. Um, and, and I really, and I want to take this opportunity to like just share with the listener, listener based on 
no matter if you're young or old and wherever you are in your life is like, you're not alone. It's so important for people to know you're not alone and that you, even the darkest times where you feel alone and you feel depressed and you feel like no one understands you or like, what's the point of going on? How am I going to figure out what I want to do with my life? What's my point? There is, oh man. I mean, seriously, there is so much beauty on the other side of that tunnel and it's okay to feel the way you're feeling. It's natural. It's normal. It's so human of you to feel those feelings. And the bravest thing, the most courageous thing a person could do in this life is to ask for help. That is courage. It's not being weak. It's not being a weakling or being feminine. If you're a man, like speaking to the men out there, it's actually the most courageous thing that you can do. And I found that as a superpower. The more, when I'd allow myself to ask for help, when I ask for help, um, it, it, life gets so much more bigger and brighter and I'm able to really tackle those things. So I'm, what, what motivates me now to keep on going is, is knowing these truths. And even in my dark times, I'm like, Oh wait, I know this, even though it may be a little different, the circumstance, like, Oh, I know this feeling before I know it's going to pass. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to take my own advice that I'm sharing with others to know, to be true and to reach out. And I think it's so important to have that starting five, you know, to, to, to do anything great in life, it takes a team and we're not meant to, we're social beings. We're bent. We're meant a whole religion is like really about community, right? To, to pray together. Eat together. It's all about it. So like, why not also when it comes to your mental health and, and to your own you know personal journey, bring in people in your life, have that starting five. What I mean by starting five is have that therapist, have your mentor, have your rabbi, have that good friend, create those bonds, those connections. We need that. We need that as people. We cannot go through life just being isolated by, by, you know, to the world and to ourselves. So, um, I hope that's, that's, that resonates with, with some of you out there listening and obviously reach out to me, not obviously, but I want to say, I want to invite you to reach out to me, of course, on a personal level, if you want to find me on social media, um, to, to talk more about this, if it's something that you're struggling with, or you have someone in your life that is, uh, because it's, it's very dear and near to me because man, we are so, super, we're so, so powerful. And sometimes in our life, you know, there's a saying that says what's sad, you know, what's more sad than a child being afraid of the dark is a, is a man being afraid of the light. And I think a lot of us are afraid of our light. We're afraid of our potential. We don't know how to handle all this light and all those, all the ways that we're being. And so we sort of shut down. So to be able to step into the light is a very, very courageous thing to do. And man, I needed help. And so like, it's, um, and thank God I, I asked for it because I'm now doing incredible things. And I feel like I'm able to give, give a lot more to the world. Now, I don't know if you see yourself this way, but I think in terms of a lot of the messages you're giving and what we've been talking about today and just through all your work, you're definitely teaching people incredible ideas and values, but not necessarily, you know, when we say a teacher, not necessarily in the way that we think. If you were to, I guess, a message for, let's say we have teachers or Rabeim and Yeshivas or Sems who are listening to this podcast, what would you say to them, to those, I guess, teachers working in a more formal classic setting? How, what, what advice would you give them to kind of put this, these ideas and messages across to the kids sitting in their classrooms? Great question. It goes back to what I discussed before about love and acceptance. Like that's a big one. And I know we're talking perhaps to maybe more mainstream institutions, which is like less flexibility, but if, as an individual teacher, there's a massive responsibility for who you are in that space. And perhaps if let's say there isn't the right fit for the kid, there's so many beautiful ways to be able to express that to the child, to the parents in a loving, caring way to bring a suggestion, but rather just like a blatantly no, or however that may be. I think um, if you're in that position of leadership and teaching, 
it's such a vulnerable place. You really, you know, have like these kids, you know, hearts and minds or souls in your hands. So, I mean, for me, my, if I think back to my, you know, I've been, I've had a very long road through the yeshiva system, nine yeshivas over the span of six years. And so, but like a few of the moments I remember is like sitting in the principal's office and like throwing a football around with him and like him asking me how my day was or just going through something that I, you know, that I may have like, you know, caused some trouble, but like in a very more relaxed setting, he was able to create that space. You know, that sort of sticks out in my mind rather than the many times that someone just like took something away or banished or screaming at me is like, now what? That's sort of the, the, the first reaction usually is not the reaction to go ahead with, right? So to be creative in that space, to have that time, yes, it's more energy. But then again, like if you're in that space as a teacher, then like, this is, you know, this is your call to duty, you know, it's called to action. So I think it's like, yeah, you know, um, it's, it's, I think it's sometimes unfortunate that like sometimes like the person who's like waiting to get a real job becomes a teacher for the next thing. It's like, we got to put more focus as to who we're choosing as our, as our teachers, as our rabbis, as our rabbis. Um, and kudos to all the rabbis and, and the Robinsons out there and the teachers who are, who know the responsibility and stepping into it. So I think love and acceptance um, by, you know, just understanding who this person is. Each person is an individual. And again, I, I'm, I, I understand the complexities of being in a room and you, you know, you have X amount of time to, to connect with so many different types of souls and people, but also to like, to, to create a space and time to like really know that you are a person that your students could come to and talk to. Perhaps you may be that person, not, and not even their parents, you know, there's a very special role that these people play. You can, that, let's say you, the teacher plays that, um, that a student has that you could really bond and, and truly, truly change their life. I mean, so you mentioned before sort of your evolving perception of, of happiness and optimism. Um, I, I wonder if you could speak to the 2015, 2016 version of Mayer, what would you tell him to sort of keep in mind? What would you tell him about sort of the 21, 2021, 2022 edition of Mayer K? And if you could, you know, make sure to keep something in mind, what would you want mayor in five ten years to remember about the mayor now well if i was speaking to my younger self i would say mayor patience patience like <laughs> oh man more patience would have been great um and it's all good it's now i have those lessons today but patience patience would be massive because i'm i always wanted like that instant you know gratification or want it now and like so staying in that pocket, trusting the process, trusting AKA God, trusting Hashem. Truly. I think there was a lot of like, okay, I got to do it myself. Um, so there was, I think patience would be a big one. Anybody coming up in, in, in a professional career, but also like on their own personal journey and their own growth, like be patient, be patient. Things take time. Um, and so there, there's that. Um, and then the second bit was, what would I tell my future self? What would you, yeah. What would you want? If you were looking back at yourself in five years, what would you hope to see? Oh man, I'm so proud of myself. High five, Mayor. I'm doing such a great job right now. I'm yeah, I'm doing amazing. I mean, there's yeah, that's what I would say. Just big old high five, big hug, doing great. That's a, I, yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, so one last question for me then. <laughs> <laughs> one last question for me is: if, if there's somebody out there, um, one of our listeners who, you know, they want to start making an impact on the world, they want to start bringing a bit more good into the world. What advice would you give them? I think, uh, you know, 
start a start don't you know i some people reach out to me like hey i got this massive campaign idea i need to get all these influencers i need to get this you know and ads and i don't have the money for it or the resources but and i usually just tell them like what are the resources that you have who are the people that you know in your network what can you do today to take that action action is the biggest thing is the biggest thing um you know the grandest. You know Les Brown says the biggest and grandest ideas can be found in the graveyard. Unfortunately, so many people have great ideas where they take it to the, to the you know to, to, to the graveyard with them. So the best thing you can do is take action, and um, and also like take a moment to recognize like where's your passion calling you. I think Hashem talks to us. God talks to us through our passion, what we're drawn to. Um, and not so don't get caught up in how you can make money on it right away. But if you're passionate about it, that will be the battery to your life. That will give you the momentum to go ahead and to like take that action. It all comes back to it. Everything takes action. Even our faith is not just thinking about their meditate on the mountains, action, do this, do that, do this mitzvah. It's all God wants us to be in this physical world. So take that action, break a sweat, go ahead and do with it. Invite people to help you make that happen. Find the others. Find the other people who are passionate about it. You know, every no gets you closer to a yes. So if you want to, you know, you want to tap into that goodness, you want to, you know, you have got good, you know, you have love to share with this world. Just do it. Just do it. Doesn't have to be grand. It'll build. Have that patience. Know that you'll get there. Take your time. Take the action. And one action will lead to an action. If you're stuck, if you're stuck at the bigger picture. Just take a moment, breathe, and recognize what is the action I can take now. Because what I recognize is really when I take action, a new door opens up. I don't necessarily have, I don't know if four doors ahead, but by opening, by taking one action, by opening that first door, then I see, oh, now these are revealed. And Hashem slowly reveals to you how you can get there. But that's how trust happens, right? We got to have trust in the movement. So it's like a beautiful dance. And all those ideas that were taught come into play when we take action. Beautiful. Wow, amazing. Um, Maya, you've given us so much great advice for us and our listeners um, and so much to think about um, and definitely given us a, a deeper way of understanding Simcha as we uh, go into the month of Simcha of Chodesh Adah. So um, thank you so much uh, for your time, for joining us on the current podcast. For those who want to and haven't yet found out where to find you online and where's the best place to find what you're, what you're up to. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's such a joy. I get so excited to, to be able to talk with you and share with you these ideas. And thank you for finding an interest in them. Um, they could, if you can find me uh, on social media, Mayor K, M-E-I-R-K-A-Y, uh, MayorK.com as well. Um, yeah, definitely reach out. I'd love to hear from your listeners. Love to hear from you. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, Mayor. Have a great day. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Corin Podcast. Alex, if people want to find out more about Mayer and what he's up to, how can they do so? So you can find Mayer on social media. Um, if you're familiar with what he does, definitely dive back in, go back and watch his videos. They're fantastic. If you're not familiar with Mayer, then you should be by now um, and you should be inspired to go and see what he's doing. He's at Mayer K on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, on all social media um, and just search his name on YouTube. Um, there is loads and loads to, to see there. Um, if you want to reach him, uh, it might be a bit difficult at the moment because as we are recording this intro and outro, um, he is climbing Mount Kilimanjaro um, in aid of Team Friendship, who uh, who provide support for children with special needs. Um, so look them up on social media, look him up on social media, um, and look us up on social media at Corin Publishers, or you can send us an email, um, podcast at corinpub.com. 
Of course, don't forget that there is no better way to celebrate Purim than with Corin. You can currently get 15% off Megillot and books for Purim only at corinpub.com, as well as 10% off all other purchases using promo code podcast at checkout. And keep your eyes peeled for Pesach deals coming also soon on the Corin website. And don't forget to enter our prize giveaway for Purim to win a full set of the Noe edition Corin Talmud Bavli. Full details can be found on our social media. Until next time, Chodesh Tov and Purim Sameach. Mm-hmm.